Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today on the Everything 80s podcast, the origin of the PG-13 rating. Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jamie. This is Everything 80s. Today we're looking at the history of the PG-13 rating and the actually very interesting story and in how this new rating classification came to be and how it involves Steven Spielberg and Indiana Jones. And we'll get to all of that. But the usual, you know, before we start, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe wherever you find podcasts. I should be there. Okay, let's do this. So many argue, myself included, that the 80s might have been the best time period for movies. And that may be because of an awesome new movie rating system that came. Up until that point, you were stuck with four specific ratings. But this new fifth one would change the landscape of movies forever. So I like growing up in the 80s, if you did, I remember any movie that had a PG-13 rating seemed to me like it was the seal of quality, like the seal of approval on it. It just had the sense that this thing was going to be good. When you heard that, you know, PG-13 rating tacked on the end of a trailer or whatever, it just had this sense that it was going to be something classic. And a lot of those PG-13 movies from the 80s have turned out to be ultimate classics. PG-13 was the perfect gap between, you know, some family kid-like movie fare and then the unaccessible R rating, you know, depending on your age in the 80s so it meant it contained all the things that kids growing up in the 80s would want it would with this new rating system it would push the limits but not traumatize you for life well some maybe would a little bit so looking back the mpaa movie rating system started in 1968 it started with the ratings g m r and x They were there to provide parents with the information they needed regarding the movie they may or may not be taking their kids to see. You know, obviously there's no internet, no Rotten Tomatoes, no mommy blogs to help, you know, give you a good insight into the movie. So a rating system was created. Ratings are determined by the Classification and Ratings Administration, C-A-R-A, or CARA. But in 1968... It was started by the ORC International, and they're now called Engine Insights. And they have rated an average of 587 movies per year. The year with the highest amount of movies, 2003, with 940. And this was probably because this is the peak of the DVD boom. So there was more movies made directly you know, for DVD. So with nearly 30,000 movies having been reviewed over the years, here's how they've been broken down. 1,574 rated G, 5,578 rated M, 
GP or PG, whatever you want to call that. 4,913 rated PG-13. 17,202 have been rated R, and 524 have been rated X or NC-17, depending on the time. Before PG-13, which started in 1984, there were a certain amount of films that would have to have their ratings re-examined. 428 had been appealed and 165 had had their ratings overturned. So the creation of PG-13 helped to keep all of this lower. So in 1968, they created what they called the Hayes Code to help give movies their ratings. The code was first used to add guidelines specifically for things like blasphemy and mocking clergy, believe it or not, in movies. Because this is when the country was a lot more religious and those things were held up to a higher standard. It would also identify things like violence or if prostitution was being featured and it would be the standard for rating movies for 16 years. Then this brings us into what is basically toy sales and divorce, which kind of lead us into PG 13. I'll explain. And it starts with Indiana Jones and the temple of doom. Actually it starts with Raiders of the lost Ark, which is obviously an amazing movie and it's full of adventure and action intrigue. And it set the stage for one of the greatest trilogies of all time. But like the empire strikes back, the second installment of the series took on a darker tone. So I remember seeing the temple of doom and being pretty horrified by it. So I, this is 1984. So I was seven. There was no way in hell I would be allowed to see it in theater and had to see it years later and was still, pretty freaked out so if you were a normal kid say 10 to 12 there's no way you didn't want to see this movie after how awesome Raiders of the Lost Ark was and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came with a normal PG rating so what could be so bad about it and it turns out a lot at the time George Lucas had just gotten divorced and Steven Spielberg was going through a bad breakup So a lot of this anger and darkness was reflected in the film, like what they were personally going through at the time. Their bad moods would lead to scenes that included human sacrifice. There was child slaves dying in their parents' arms, if you remember this. You remember eating snakes and brains a lot, uh, among a lot of other violence. And this was a PG movie. Spielberg had been doing this for a while, in fairness, with movies like you know, Poltergeist and Gremlins. And, and you know, with Gremlins, uh, Gremlins really seem to appeal to kids with the cute little creatures that we were seeing in the commercials and the toys that were coming out and stuff like that. They definitely weren't showing, you know, like that blender shot in the trailers. And with the uh, other example of Poltergeist, that was actually supposed to get an R rating and Spielberg fought to get it reduced, which is pretty insane. So this gets into why toy sales started dictating movie ratings. So due to the monumental success of toy sales, specifically because of Star Wars, you know, for every dollar that the Star Wars movies have made, they've made $2 in toy sales. Like, so for all those billions it's made and how much it was sold to Disney, they've made double that in just with the toys. So, you know, any toys that were attached to movie properties, it, it was imperative to get these new franchises in front of as many kids eyes as possible. And what better way to do that than with a regular PG rating? Kids won't give a crap about toys from a movie 
that they're not allowed to see. So push, you know, push the PG rating and your movie now becomes essentially a commercial. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was clearly marketed towards kids and they had a ton of merchandise ready to go. Like, you know, the usual action figures, cereals, video games, and you know, the usual crap that's put out by studios. So the movie was a massive hit opening on a record-breaking weekend for the time. It would end up coming up just behind other massive hits that year for like yearly revenue, like including Ghostbusters, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Uh, so I think it finished third for highest grossing movie of 1984. Indiana Jones would uh, end up bringing in $179 million just in the U.S., which converted for today would be around $428 million. So a big hit. And then parents flipped out. Trusting the PG rating, kids would end up being freaked out and traumatized by the excessive violence and gore. Parents thinking they were going into basically a family movie were in for a very rude awakening, and they were screaming that it should have been R-rated. You know, if you think of other movies, well, there's a million family movies that were rated PG. You think of like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, or, you know, people think they're going in with something that's going to be on that level. Critics, though... Most of them loved it, but they couldn't help but point out what this might be doing to children. So here's a a little clip from Variety magazine from 1984, and it would state that the movie, quote, might might prove extraordinarily frightening to younger children who indeed are being catered to in this film by the presence of the adorable 12-year-old Ki Hui Kwan. People magazine called it a cinematic form of child abuse, So not only were critics and parents rebuking this lack of rating, but Spielberg's own friends started saying he took it too far with this one. They had let it slide with things like Gremlins, which really is a horror movie and a Christmas movie, but I'm not getting into that now. But the Temple of Doom really was too much. Rewatch this thing again and and remember how intense this thing was. The issue had come up with the PG-rated Jaws in 1975, but they at least had a warning on the movie um, and the, the posters and the promotional material saying it would be too intense for children. I don't know how old you are, but you might remember seeing that Spielberg started to think there needed to be a solution to this issue. And this is coming up with the new rating. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spielberg stayed adamant that the Temple of Doom shouldn't have an R rating, but realized there needed to be something that bridged the gap between PG and R, as that was just too wide a range. He needed something that would allow him to push his vision, as violent as that may be, while not isolating kids they were trying to sell products to and obviously sell a crap load of tickets. So a compromise is created that would end up changing movies forever. Spielberg went to Jack Valent, who was president of the Motion Pictures Association, about bridging that gap. And here's the quote from him. I remember calling Jack Valenti, then the president of the Motion Picture Association, and suggesting to him that we need a rating between R and PG because so many films were falling into a netherworld, you know, of unfairness. 
unfair that certain kids were exposed to Jaws, but also unfair that certain films were restricted, that kids who were 13, 14, 15 should be allowed to see. I suggested, let's call it PG-13 or PG-14, depending on how you want to design the slide rule. And Jack came back to me and said, we've determined that PG-13 would be the right age for for that temperature of movie. So I've always been very proud that I had something to do with that rating. They proposed a PG-13, a PG-14, and a PG-2 rating, which I'm still not sure the intention behind the PG-2 thing, which obviously didn't stay. The MPAA thought that PG-13 would be the right one to go for. So the, the ratings got up and running pretty quickly. It was already established in July. By August 10th, 1984, just three months after the Temple of Doom came out, it was already being used. And if what here's a trivia question. What was the very first movie to get it? You can pause and look this up if you didn't know. Red Dawn, starring Patrick Swayze, who I also share a birthday with. Fun fact. R.I.P. So here's how PG-13 became insanely popular and profitable. PG-13 is perfect. Teens know it's not going to be a kiddie movie that they'd have to take a younger sibling to. And parents knew it was going to be intense, but not as bad as an R-rated movie. You know that you're going to get some violence, swearing, maybe the exposed body part. It just wasn't going to go over the top with those things. Past movies weren't going to be re-rated, but now any major blockbuster movie that was put out from August 1984 forward would carry it. And this is what I mean about PG-13 being that seal of approval. This was brand new to us in the 80s, and hearing like its use in commercials, it just had this good ring to it. It meant this thing is good. This is not... For your little brother and sister. This was something that was kind of dangerous. R-rated movies up to that point had been huge. Like Beverly Hills Cop was R-rated and was the highest grossing movie of 1984. Purple Rain, Police Academy were also up there. But today you never really see R-rated movies in the top 10. Except for, you know, like uh, It was I think now the highest rate or highest grossing r-rated movie they're just they're not in the mix as much this is uh because those movies from 1984 could have done even better how many more people would have seen beverly hills cop if it was pg-13 i was dying to see that movie there was no way in hell i was going to be allowed to pg-13 would now be the new standard for studios just to get more eyes in front of it Billion-dollar movies didn't start happening until PG-13 was invented because not everyone could see them. Six of the top ten highest domestic grossing films of all time are PG-13, including, when I wrote this, it was Avatar. It's now, of course, Avengers Endgame, which is a much better choice for the best movie. I This is a side tangent. If you like Avatar, that's fine, but I am baffled by how well that movie did. But when you look back... At, you know, this sort of if you've been following the battle between Endgame and, and Avatar for being number one, it it makes more sense that Avatar was because when it came out, there was no streaming services. There was no Netflix. There was no uh, other things to grab your attention. So you had to go to the movies. It had such huge word of mouth and it came out in January when it's a dead time for movies. It might have actually come near Christmas, too. But it basically had this massive long run where there was nothing else to see in the theaters and nothing else to do. Then Endgame breaks this record. Of course, there's obviously like conversions and inflation, but Endgame comes in and breaks this record in like two months. 
So it's obviously the more impactful cultural movie. And that's the thing with Avatar. This is my problem with it. it it's it, it doesn't kind of fall in the mix of being relevant to pop culture society. Like no one quotes lines from Avatar. And unless you're a super fan, you know, name three characters from Avatar. There, there's no way you can do it without looking it up. So it's just a side rant. But either way, the PG-13 rated uh, movies are the top grossing ones. And just back to that whole, uh, the highest grossing R-rated movies of all time. It was actually, you know, before we got to it, it was, you know, so it was Beverly Hills Cop for the longest time. Then it was the Passion of the Christ until Deadpool came along and beat that. And its overall gross was $370 million for Deadpool. And I think it did not it it the movie the Stephen King movie did 400 whatever that put it at number 40 on the all-time list it's just studios just don't want to risk anything with r-rated movies today it's just not worth it with the amount of money you have to regain back and and try to hit with the amount of um, money put into production and and marketing and everything like that it's just r-rated is is a massive massive risk so like I said, even say Deadpool is an example, how profitable and successful that was. They still recut a PG-13 version, you remember, to put out before Christmas. So more people, specifically younger people, would be able to see it. So, you know, PG-13 is perfect because it's slightly geared towards adults who won't, you know, but it won't turn young people off. PG is now being associated with, um, you know, being a family movie or a Pixar movie. And, you know, PG is actually considered the kiss of death for studios unless it is an animated movie. So, you know, you're kind of stuck between, you know, if you're a studio, you have to kind of go the PG-13 rating unless you're uh, Disney and can do whatever you want. So we'll start wrapping it up here. Ultimately, we can thank, you know, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, Indiana Jones, Gizmo for giving us this amazing new movie rating. It might, again, it might seem ridiculous to say, but without the PG-13 rating system, movies might not be where they are today. And we might not have so many of these iconic films from the 80s that we all embraced and grew up on. There's also the downside, and it may be why the movies of today seem like they can kind of all blend together. They all follow this PG-13 format, and they don't want to stray from it. This might be why you're seeing some studios, if you notice now, they're even really pushing the PG-13 rating the way Spielberg pushed PG. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Looking back, another example, Suicide Squad comes to mind as one of those movies that may have pushed it a bit too far and could have maybe settled into an R rating better. But I guess that's what you know movies are there for, to push boundaries, to push norms, everything. Either way... The story of the PG-13 rating, I think, is very interesting. It's one of those situations where you didn't, you know, you might not realize the true extent into what came behind its creation. So that's why the PG-13 rating was created, and um, we need to be thankful for that monkey brain eating scene from the Temple of Doom. But thanks for listening. Hopefully you like this. If You know, if you think this is something interesting for other people, feel free to share it. Uh, you know, if you really like this show, subscribe, leave it a rating and review if you um I want to give your feedback. I appreciate that. And again, like, don't forget to subscribe. That way you have the shows automatically sent to you. Okay, that's it for me. Talk to you later.